Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Believe me, I'm not trying to rebuke you. I enjoy it. It's good to shake somebody's hand and uh, enjoy fellowship. Amen. We can continue right after service. Yes. Let's not stop. <laughs> it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to uh, all our fathers here today. What a privilege. Um, Angela is emotional, but uh, Dad, uh, for me personally, I had one real dad. That's my Heavenly Father, because my father died when I was 12. So I didn't get to know him very well and didn't grow, around, grow up around uh, men, uh, no model uh, around. So I knew I was clueless when it comes to being a father. Totally clueless. I mean, I grew up with my brothers. That's all. And so no father figure around us. Nobody telling us what to do and what not to do. We did whatever we wanted to do. Uh, And so I got saved. And I knew. God was my father. And I got to learn from him. I learned from him. And I watched the men, married men, how they treated their wives, you know. And uh, how they carried themselves, visited in their homes, and watched them. Oh, right. That's, that's the way the Christian man does it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And learn from God. And so I'm very grateful to God. Um, we tried our best, Angela and I. <laughs> but we really believe God was the father in the home. And we're grateful that he's helping us uh, Raise our kids because he's their father. Today, our title message is, Show Them How to Love. Show Them How to Love. And I'm partly speaking to fathers, but I'm also speaking to everyone. Show the kids how to love. You show them because you know how to love. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew, it says, Go into the world, preach the gospel, and then it tells them, to teach them everything that I have commanded you. Teach them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And to me, the greatest thing Jesus brought from heaven, the only reason he came was because of love for us. Love. Love, in my mind, is the most wanting thing on earth. What humans, I mean the love of God, is the most wanting thing on earth. That's what people need the most. Sometimes we think it's food. No, you can have all the food. You can have everything. But if there's no love around, you won't thrive. You won't be whole. Is the greatest thing that we need. And the Bible tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him 
might be saved. You see, love doesn't condemn. Love's not going to make you feel useless. No matter how bad the situation is. We were, before Jesus came, in a very dire situation. Terrible place in life. But God's love will not let him hold back. Because love wants to give. Love wants to make the other person better. Love wants to make the other person feel better. Even if it cost me something, love will still do it. And that's what God has demonstrated. Jesus came to demonstrate the love of God. How to love. How to truly love. Sacrificial love. The God kind of love that changes everything. And we have that. The love of God. You know, I believe if you have received Jesus into your life, because the Bible tells us clearly, for God is love. And so if you've received Jesus into your heart, you cannot say, I can't love. That's not the truth. If you have Jesus in your heart, you can love. If you have Jesus in your life, you can forgive. No matter what anybody's done to you, you can let go. The question is, do you want to? It's not if you can. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But now you have him. And since you have him, you can do all things. You can truly love. You can love. God will not ask you to do something that you cannot do. God wants us to love. Like I said, those are the things that are wanting for us. Remember how many commandments, what are the greatest commandments? First, to love God. And the second one, to love man. And so that tells you. God, God says, that's all you need. Those two things. It's all love. Love God and love your fellow man. That's it. If you have that in your heart, you're complete in the presence of God. And God will begin to move in your life because you have that. Jesus says this. John 15 verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. So, Jesus, the Father loves us, and God also loves us. And Jesus, who created all things, was there from the beginning, says, I want you to make your home in my love. Don't come out of my love. Stay in my love. Abide in my love. He says, if you keep my commandments, We'll talk about his commandments. You will abide in my love. So he tells you how to. How to abide in his love. Is to keep the commandments. Then he tells us. He said, just as I have kept my father's commandments. And abide in his love. I kept my father's commandments. And I abide in his love. 
So God gave him a commandment. And what we want to think about is staying out of sin. God gave him a mission. Remember? That was his mission. Not staying out of sin. Loving us. And giving his life for us. He made it very clear. Greater love has no one than this. Than for a man to lay down his life for us. So his father loved him. These things I have spoken to you. That my joy may remain in you. So Jesus is telling us. If you want joy. Abide in his love. Keep his commandments. So you abide in his love. And that will bring joy. Fullness of joy in your life. That your joy may be full. And then he tells you his commandment. This is my commandment. That you love one another. As I have loved you. Love one another. As I have loved you. Because we have the ability to. We can actually love one another. As he loved. Now notice. For us fathers. The love of the father was already there. The father loved him and he tried to stay, he abode in his father's love. The father's love must always be there for the children to abide in. Amen? There's got to be love in the home for the children to abide in that love. And if they abide in the love, they know the rules. If they, they will then thrive under that atmosphere of love. God wants us to love. I believe, I shared this sometime, I have discovered from the word of God, we're talking about God's love, how to obtain God's love in your heart. How many want to know how to do that? The Bible is very clear about this. John 17, 26. Let God open your eyes to this. It says, and I have declared to them your name. And will declare it. Why? That the love with which you loved me may be in them. The love that the Father has for His Son will be in me. Through the name. Amen? Through the name of Jesus. And you declare that name over your life. You belong to Jesus. And the love of God lives in you. You now have the love of God. And you can truly love people. Because the love of God is dwelling in you. The lack of love is caused so much damage in homes. Serious damage because the love of God's not there. The reason for fightings in the home is because of the lack of love in the home. And in the world, all kinds of evil taking place. Serious violence because of the lack of love in the, the God, God. That means God's love in the heart of people. But God says to the children of God, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So God made it possible for the believer 
to be able to love when he gave us his Holy Spirit. I want to go to talking about the power of love, the love of God that a man has in his heart when you have that love. Love, I believe, lives in the heart of the believer through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to express himself. That God wants to express himself. And for that reason, the Holy Spirit wants you to desire to move in the love that God has given to you and let God work that through. God wants us to love. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7 says, Love bears all things. Love is very powerful. Love bear all, bears all things. Love believes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. The gifts are important, so it tells us here. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Now, we know all of these are still here with us, but the first thing God wants for the believer is to love. And we as parents have to teach the children in our family how to love. The greatest gift, that's the core of my message, the greatest gift that a believer can give to the church is not money, your love. That's the greatest gift that you can give to the church. Love, we're talking about sacrificial love. When Jesus came, he served us. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. His love, the manifestation of his love, is through service. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. In my personal life, whenever I'm around somebody that is so doubtful and always looking for something to criticize, I already know what's going on here. The love of God is not there. When you can easily see a fault in another person and you can talk about it, it is clear you are not demonstrating the love of God that is in you. When you truly love like Jesus loved, most things you won't see. Your attention has to be drawn to it. I had somebody who was already saying, uh, I see these things. A lot of people are coming to me. They are finding fault. I can easily tell where this person is coming from. Something is broken here. Because when you love, love covers multitudes of sin. You don't see that. Covers not like it doesn't, it's not there, but it doesn't bother you to the point where you become critical, unforgiving, and bitter, and you want to separate yourself. Every little thing. That's not the nature of love. And when people see that happening, 
and you make excuse for people, then they can tell this is what is going on. The love of God. By this shall all men, Jesus said, know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Love for one another. This is the best way to witness. Notice one another is actually talking about the church. Having love for your Christian brother. Having love for your Christian sister. That's what he's talking about here. Making excuses for them and showing up. Think about it. If you have neighbors and they know something is happening to you, and then somebody who to them is a stranger is always coming to stay with you and spend time with you. After a while they ask, is that your brother? No. How did you get to know that person? From church. But they are always with you. Yeah. That's my Christian brother. Guess what? They want to know what kind of church you go to. They want to know because you are expressing love. That's the love And in that way, you are actually showing them. And if they finally become believers, guess what they'll do? They follow that also. You taught them how to love. The believer is to teach the world how to love. The reason why we have everything happening is even when they come into the church, they still find we are not loving as much as we should. And so they can tell. We are not teaching them to love. But when we love one another, as the scripture is said, then they can see and know that there is really love. The love of God. Today, in America, you can tell the division. Selfishness has gained the ascendancy. It's all about everything. It's all about me. They don't care how what they do to destroy another person's life as long as they get their way. That's not love. But people can actually see when there is true love. When you give a credence, you say, well, that was okay. It's okay. Even though they know that that person is your enemy. When I was traveling to Nigeria, and um, just to let you know about this, I had somebody sitting by me. And we had some fellow came, he came in and uh, really tall fellow and you know how it is he leaned his seat all the way he was actually laying on my laps <laughs> that bad and they saw that, but I saw him coming he was really really tall tall fellow and, and, and I looked around because I was sitting at the eye to see what was going on his knee was <laughs> on the other end and so the other guy sitting by me said, Hey, take that thing up. I didn't say anything. Take that thing up. And see, you're laying on his lap. Just take it up. And I told him, I said, leave him alone. Uh, and I told him, he is very tall fellow. And he needs to lay that way. <laughs> And then later, I started making conversation with him about Christianity. I was trying to witness to him. And he thought, he says, okay, I've been watching you since you came. I see you were making an excuse for that fellow. <laughs> so he understood. But that was not my purpose. I had to look at what was going on in his life, why he was doing what he was doing. 
we demonstrate God's love. And others can see. I think what he saw, which was nothing, made more impression than John 3.16 that I was quoting to him. People need to see that. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Let me say this. The greatest gift a husband, a father, can give to his family is to love his wife. Amen. Can I hear an amen, man? Amen. Love your wife, the mother of your children. This is very important. There are different ways that God wants us to express our love. In the family, God does not tell the woman to love the husband. If you read that, he doesn't say that. He says that only to the man. Only to the man. Husband, love your wife. I need to read that scripture here. He says in Ephesians 5 verse 25, Husbands, love your wife, just as Christ also loved the church. Just as, meaning you love your wife, just as Jesus loved the church, or loves the church, and gave himself for her. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So what God wants for the husband is to love the wife. That's the greatest gift you can give to your children. I think most people think, well, the the children will be secure. My wife will be secure because I bring this amount of money to the home and all of that. You can have all of that and the children will not be secure. That's not what brings security. That doesn't help very much. There are many that have. The woman can have as well. So money does not bring security in the home. You know what does? The love of God. Love. Pouring out. Sacrificial love. Serving love for your wife. Let the children watch you serving their mother. Not sitting down at home. They have to see you as a servant. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to teach us how to love. And how did he love? He served us and gave himself for us. There was nothing too hard for him to give to make life better for us. The husband and for us, what you need to do is to do whatever it takes to make life better in the home. That's love. That's how you teach the children to love. When the children see that their mother is loved, 
That's what brings security. There is no other thing that God said here. Love for your wife, for the mother of your children. That's what brings security. They know daddy and mommy, they are, never, they are going nowhere. Others can divorce, but not in our home. They are always going to be together. The love of Jesus. They see that. And, and if that's all they know, when they grow up, that's all they know. No, we're not going anywhere. They see the disagreement, but they know that there is love. Unconditional love. Serving love. As you model love to them. So important. But then I found something different. Amen? You see, the Bible tells us this. Listen. It says that he might, just as Christ loved the church, right? And gave himself for it. That he might sanctify. He gave himself that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by word. The word. The word. What you say to your, the mother of your children in the home. That's very important. Words. The drinking is not that big. It's what you do after the drinking. They come back home and they are spewing out all kinds of words. And sometimes at their wives. And the children hide in the room. And they're listening to this, all these crazy sp- words coming from their father. And sometimes directed towards their mother. And if you're not drunk and you still have those type of crazy words, you're already drunk. You just didn't take alcohol. But you're drunk. Because the words coming from your mouth are not wholesome. And those words... You're supposed to use words according to scriptures. That's what, see, God's teaching us something. Use words to make your home whole. Wholesome words. Teaching them how to love. He says the husband loved the wife. How? Through your words. In service. You, you know, as you speak those words, your body follows. And you want to serve. That's what Jesus did. And he held nothing back. You cleanse through your words. Those crazy words that you speak them against your mom. Some even call their wives the W word. I don't want to say it from here. It's illegal. You are this. And then the children are wondering if mommy is that. Do we really belong to this home? Are we really his kids? How come he's calling her his name? Well, I'm just speaking. No, you're not just speaking. They heard it and you have no time to explain to them. Wholesome words. Words that build. And they can hear. Time to joke. But that's so important. It's interesting that the scripture actually says this is the way to do it. You give yourself Serving in the home. There's nothing. There was nothing that Jesus would. If he gave his life. What's left for him to give? 
He walked with us, right? Jesus, he's still walking with us to make us better. Amen. He walks with us to make us better. I read the scripture. He says, I'm telling you this. I'm giving you these words so that your joy may be full, right? Yeah, he, you give words so our joy is full. When our joy is full, the children's joy will be full as well. There is nothing that you give love to that will not thrive. You know, now I watched a video, I don't know if it was we, uh, uh, YouTube, but it was like, maybe it was on television, but it was like a dog uh, that had been abandoned and been left alone. And this person, they were trying to pick this uh, dog up and help the dog. And he, just going near the dog, he was screaming so badly. But they insisted finally they got this dog. And every time they come into the room, he'd be screaming. And slowly, they started loving, tender care. And this little thing calmed down. And a few weeks later, he's running around the house eating. He was dying. He was dying. They thrive because of love. Soft words. That's an animal. What about the human? Tender words could heal even things, even when things wrong in the home. Those words can can heal. The scripture tells us, Proverbs sixteen, verse twenty-four: Pleasant words are like honeycomb. That's what the husband should speak. Hold yourself back. Stay humble. Amen. Stay humble. The best thing, always tell yourself, I am the head, but my wife is the neck. And wherever she turns, that's where we're going. Amen. Never claim to be right. You are never right. Hallelujah. I'm just <laughs> I didn't talk to you, Angela. Please. <laughs> You're never right. Assume the position you are perpetually wrong. That's right. Until she admits she's wrong. Then you agree with her again. Yes, you said it. Now you're wrong. <laughs> That's the only time you get there. Amen. I had to learn real fast. Do you want peace? Say nice words. Don't lie. Just say nice words. Okay? Nice words. But it builds. It builds. Pleasant words are like honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul. You see, it talks about the soul. That's the seat of the emotions. You understand? And usually when the emotions are at work, uh, the emotions decide what the decision is going to be. And when they feel good, the children will feel good. Everybody is feeling good in the home. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. 
I, when if, every time I see the scripture says bones, I always think in my mind, the bone marrow, that's where your immune system is. The seat of the immune system in the body. So there's health. That's the greatest thing that a husband can do. Now, God tells the, husband, the wife to love the husband and the family. But the manifestation of that love is a little different from the man. The way it's carried out is different. God doesn't use the word love, but it's still the same thing. It's just the way it's carried out. In, in um, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33, he says, However, each one of you also must love his wife. Hey, guys. The word is must. Hello? The word is must. Every time I hear God says, do something, I question it. Why is he telling us this? Because the fleshly way, the easiest thing for the flesh, for us humans to do, is to go the other way. So you have to work at it. If it's just normal, then there's no need for him to tell us that. We have an enemy that makes it easier for one single event. You're back the other way. And so we have to be watchful. He says very clearly, However, each one of you, that's husband, also must love his wife. And as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. The wife must respect her husband. That's very important. I've watched or seen or read situations where a man has an affair with his secretary. And then when you see the wife, his wife and his secretary... You wonder, has he lost his mind? You will leave this for this? What? I saw a doctor, they were putting him on trial. Killed his wife for somebody else. And I'm thinking, man, did they turn your head backward? What's happened to you? Can't you see how... Look at how beautiful your wife is. And you left her for this? This is strange. And I said, what's going on here? Why do men do things like this? They get cursed at our home. All kinds of crazy words spoken at them. Now they get to this office. And this woman is running around. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. <laughs> Do you want some coffee? <laughs> yeah, you see your coffee. It's on your table. And then he drinks his coffee. Puts it there. Oh, are you through, Mr. John? Yes. Oh, I'll get that for you. And he's thinking, oh, my God. She respects me. She knows who I am. But that old lady at home, 
I get no respect. So after work, he goes to his friends before he goes back home. Because at home, he gets terror. Before long, that's the issue. Those adulterers didn't know how to con this man. And uh, he won't realize what's going on till his liver is cooked. Because he, he thinks, I'm going to leave her and I'll get this one. And she comes in and the first few days he's getting his coffee and she's running. And then later he says, can you get me my coffee, honey? She says, don't you have legs? Go get your coffee yourself. And he says, what? He's back in the same situation. Hey, this is real life, okay? (laughs) This is happening. The crazy world. But we are to show how to love. Amen? Show how to love. Real respect for one another in the home, even for the kids. That's very important. Very important. For husband and wife, it's important not to... I mean, when you're wrong, you're wrong. And you know it. What makes, you, what makes it difficult for you to say, I'm sorry? Will it cut off your right hand because you said, I'm sorry? Well, then go ahead and say it. Say it. And then let peace come in the home. What would it take away from you if you say, I'm sorry? I know what. Your pride. And that thing is going to kill you. You know what the Bible says? Lie, I mean, pride goes before a fall. As you are going in your pride, guess what following you behind? Something called the fall. If you slow down a little bit, it's over. We have to learn to respect one another in the home. And then the children. How do you love? God has something different for the children. God doesn't tell the children to love your parents. Have you read that before? Love your parents. That's a given. The kids will love the parents. If the parents are doing well. But what God says to them, if they want to be whole, is what it says in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Children, obey. Hello? Obey your parents in the Lord. Basically, in the Lord is very important. If your parent tells you to do something that you know is not right, is ungodly, now they have relinquished their rights for parenthood. Uh, you now God is your father. He says, Daddy, I know you want me to do that, but you see, our daddy over there says that's not right. So obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It is right to obey your parents. Not in one circumstance, not when you feel good about it, not when it sounds right to you, unless it's against God's word, God says to obey your parents. That's the way you show your love in the home. 
that's your greatest gift as a child to your home. He says, it makes it very clear here. This is right. When God says something is right, it is right. Meaning it is right for you. Not for God. It is right for you to listen to what your parents are saying. There is a reason God wants it that way. I believe that God has placed something inside a parent. And, and they just know. They know. And if you are a child in the house and you don't understand that, may God give you understanding. They are not just your parents physically. They are your parents spiritually. God made it that way. And so God says, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. And that's not when you're young. He continues until they pass on. Read New Testament. Jesus said, you say, what I have to honor my father, I'm I'm giving it to the church. Jesus says, no, that's not right. You can't do that. It says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment. Listen, the very first commandment with a promise. The other commandments, no promise. This is the very first one with a promise. That's an amazing thing. has to do with the children. The first commandment with a promise. So that it may be, go well with you. So that it may go well with you. And that you may enjoy long life. A long life on the earth. Go well with you. I'm going to give an example for me personally that uh, I learned when just listening to minister speak and I understood it. It, get, it got to me. I even understood clearly I'm not going to marry a woman until her father and her mother say yes and my parents also say yes. No. It didn't matter how I felt. If you bring a a, a man, brings a girl home to the parents and they don't know her. And they take one look at her and they go, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. Run. (laughs) It's the truth. Run. And you say, Mama, why don't you like this person? And they say, I don't know. There's something about her. I don't know. I I just don't like this person. Hey, run. (laughs) If you don't run, you will find out later. And come back. You see, I should have listened to you, mama. I should have listened to you. Now you got... This is the worst scenario. But I knew this. There are things I had to. Before I got married, I made it very clear. Both Angela and I agreed. Our parents have to agree. We went to my mother, and she was happy. Oh, this is... But I pulled her aside. Tell me, I need to hear from your lips. Tell me. I said, you see, that's the one I'm thinking about. She says, I know. That's my daughter. I said, so she's okay for our family? She said, yes. 
Wonderful. Then I had to fast and pray because now we got to go to Angela's parents. <laughs> I didn't fast and pray. I was praying. God, let them like me. Amen. God, let them like me. Then we can seal this good, I'm telling you. And, uh, and, and I was very concerned about how the parents will receive me. But thank God they did. And they gave their blessing. When your parents don't release their blessing, that's not good. Not according to the scripture. It might not go well with you. It might not go well with you. This is real. We follow through with this. And that's the way you protect yourself from making a serious mistake. You don't know it all. It's in it in them. They can tell. You know why I know that this is real? Was it from God that Mary got to know Joseph? The parents decided we like them. Right? And that was God's perfect will for his son. In that time, the parents chose. Why did it work? Today, we want to go with, I love that woman. Mama, you just don't understand. That thing is coming from my heart. Uh, That love is going to vanish someday. It doesn't work that way. We follow God's principles. Amen? You don't know it all. Listen to your parents. That's how to love them. And God says this, your promise is there for you. That it may go well with you. Go well with you. And that your days, that tells me my days doesn't have to be short on the earth. I can lock in into this, just this one. Obeying my parents and honoring them, I lock into that scripture and I know I'm going to live long. No cancer or anything can come against it because I'm obeying my parents. Proverbs 17 verse 25 says this, A self-confident and foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. You're self-confident. And to you, they are old-fashioned and don't understand real life. Well, that's what you think. But what it is, later, because you are their child, you are not going anywhere, they will be grieving because of the decisions you've made. And now no reversal. And bitterness in the mother... Because you just didn't listen. I will encourage every husband in our church today, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Every mother, every wife, respect your husband and all children. Honor your parents by listening to them. It's the best thing. You know, I preached a lot, and I'm close with this. I preached a lot in my home before I came to the United States. Um, and I, I would preach at my mother. I was the evangelist. And, uh, but, you know, before I came, the last time, that was the last time I saw my mom, because while I was here, she died. 
before I left for the U.S., she said to me, she called me, son, she had come to, she knew I understood the scriptures. And whatever she said, that's what I would do. I remember her pulling me aside and said, that girl that's coming to see you here, I don't want that. I said, mama, you don't have to worry. I'm not going there. Just because she said so. And she had peace. And I walked away. But before I left for the United States, finally she called me. She says, I know you are the preacher in the house, but I am your mother. You kneel down and I'm going to bless you. That's what I did. She laid her hands on me and blessed me. And I thanked mama. I walked away. I knew, at that time, I knew much more than she knew in the scriptures. And I probably knew all her life before she went. But she was my mother. And I had to respect her. It's very important that we do that. Amen. I want our church to be whole. And this is what God would do for us. That's the reason for the message. And I believe God is giving you faith today. Some of us fathers, which you have young children uh, and children, I believe through this word, God will minister to our home. And the children will listen because it's coming from the Holy Spirit. Would you stand up with me this morning? Happy Father's Day to all our fathers. What I want us to do today is this, as it comes to me. I want us, everybody has a part in this message. Yes, you do. You are either a, a child or you are a parent. What I want us to do is to make a commitment to God. It's like cutting a covenant. And he, God, with your help, I'm going to do this. Many times, that's my life. I ask God, please, I need your help in this area. And we should be doing that in every area of life. Nothing too small. Nothing too small. I told my kids, uh, my children, we were coming from a long view. I think we got back home. I told them, I, I think it was told you I was telling. I prayed about this. It was a very tiny matter, but it was concerning to me. I woke up with concern, and I decided, I don't care how small this is. I'm going to talk to God about it. I did. He answered just like that. Same day. He answered. He answered. And God will answer your prayer. If you will make a commitment to him today, God will answer. Amen? Amen. Would you speak to God right now and tell him, God, I'm committing my life to obedience of your word today. As it is written in God's word, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. Tell God, I want to eat of the good of the land. I will be obedient to your words today. I will be obedient. All heads bow and bow your head here. There may be some among us that have not made a serious commitment to God. I will encourage you that you do that today because, listen, you can't do it on your own. That's why we ask God for help. If you haven't made a commitment to Christ, you haven't asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, really, really meaning it from your heart, you have the opportunity today. Would you call on God? 
the Bible says, everyone that calls upon the Lord God will not be disappointed. God will not disappoint you. He will hear you. If you're here today and have not made a commitment to Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Lord means your master and your Savior, the Savior of your life. I'd like you to put your hand up quickly and let God see that hand. At the count of three, please put your hand. I'll see it. God will see it. All eyes closed. All heads bowed before here as we honor God. One, two, three. Put your hand. I see that hand. See that hand there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's so important to me. I see your hands up there. That's so important to me because I know God sees it and has welcomed you into his family. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for these people, those that have lifted up their hands. I know you saw their hands today. Let this be a new day for them. Let this be a new beginning for them. As you said in your word, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Let this be that day for them. It's the day of salvation. I need all those that lifted their hands and everybody here. Let's say this prayer to God and make a commitment to Him. Would you do that with me, please? Let's do it. Heavenly Father, say it with me. And say it in meaning from your heart. Heavenly Father, I commit my life to you and to your cause. Thank you, my God. Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart to be the Lord and Savior of my soul. Grant me grace to live for you, to obey you, to do your bidding. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you put your hands together? Let's give them a clap offering.